This is CliffCentral.com. Okay, it's 9 a.m. on a Friday, supposedly. Um, Martin Evans is busy setting up his, uh, his fisheye lens camera. He's going to be filming this. This is, so obviously that's who we've got on the show today. So this, when does the podcast start? It starts just now. Right so now. Welcome. We have actually phoned you. You have indeed. On these, these things before. We, um, and I did the one at the Sexpo. That's right. Yeah, that was interesting because we did a two-hour special. We didn't do it. Because someone <laughs> cancelled. We ended up doing two hours at Sexpo. And we did it before they even opened. So we didn't even get to see any of the stuff. Well, we did afterwards because we went around my camera. That's right. You went around the camera and recorded. What was that? I, I, this is a relatively, I'm not saying adult program, so we can describe what happened. No, no, no. We actually didn't put that up online or anything. It was, no, it was a I, human, I plastic human. I considered whether it was an appropriate thing to put on. Like, I mean, obviously nobody puts private, sexy video types. Oh, no one would do that. But. <laughs> I do all the time. Yeah, I know you do. I just send it to Angel. But I took a, you were there when I had my uh, my finger inside a very high quality top dollar vibrating twerking warm warmed. <laughs> you run out of adjectives. I, well, it was quite an experience. Um, I filmed that, so that was that was the last one. Let's move on from that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, want to discuss that story. So, what are you doing in Johannesburg? You Cape Town based? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just say Martin Evans, yes. well known for. Uh, nothing really, mostly. No, you all know that who, 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 on the Cape Town, there's a thing called the Cape Town Comedy Group. Is it on Facebook? It is. It's like a little, you know, one of those. You're kind of well known as, what did someone call you recently? The gatekeeper. Kind of, yeah. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> just, a, I think I'm an older guy in an industry that's got a lot of younger folks around. And, and with that comes a bit of curmudgeon. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, in a good way. So I'm sort of been moaning and whinging and running a little comedy group for those guys. But yeah, I mean, I stand up. I'm up to do Opie Corpy primarily. Okay. So Martin Evans, well known. Little, little bit of a moan, moan, moaning, moaning, moaning Evans? No, I don't think that is the case. I think it's just that when I do comedy or anything else for that matter, it's a little bit on the sort of. I just like being cynical. You know what I mean? In a fun way, looking at the worst things. And then pulling Chris, Christopher Steenkamp says that Martin Evans is always giving up comedy, mm-hmm. and that's when he's at his best, <laughs> when he's busy saying goodbye. Like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. I'm out of here. This sucks. There's no, there's no regulations. There's no, no exactly. things. Just and and that's when reasons. you are the best. Well, I took a break about a year and a half ago, and I've had several breaks in the sort of 12, 15 years, whatever I've been doing this. Like, I just get bored of it. You're bored of this tiny little well, pond. If, if you think it. about it, if you had a real job, nine to five, you get what's called, they tell you to go and leave mm. because you're going mad. Mm. So essentially, all you're really doing is taking your unpaid leave or whatever you would call it. Yeah, I guess even if I look back at when I had a regular job, I also regularly left those jobs. Do you know what I mean? Nothing was, it wasn't like before I became a comedian. Your parents I had must have hated you. Like, 12 Martin, years. what are you going to be? Do I sound like your mom? Not really. Okay. That's close enough. But, more, but I mean, if I think of the things I've done in my past, right? Uh, I've done so many varied jobs, and even though I don't tend to stick at things, whether I've stopped comedy various times and gone back to it, it's still by far the longest commitment I've ever given anything. Okay. What so, other jobs? Because let's talk about that. That's your. I find that you you have got a great comedy mind, mm. but you don't complete the things. So now you you told me the other day you're going to start doing a welding course. No, I don't. I don't complete things <laughs> partly because I have some undiagnosed sort really? of. 
learning kind of difficulty type things, I think, right? Kind of uh, dyslexic on a, yes. on a scale? On yes. A, on a There's spectrum. a sort of a fun, like a functional usage. I don't do very well with certain things. Okay. And I have a problem Are you on medication at the moment? Sort of. Sort of. Not on a regular required dose. The, the stuff that you w- were smoking in my garden, was that <laughs> medicinal? <laughs> it, was medis- it was purely medicinal okay. for my... Um, uh, glaucoma. Now listen, I did say I was going to phone Rabin. Okay, so yes, I apologise that, that you that. might go off um, the the machine. That's fine. But Karen, talking about your about your lack of um, commitment. Well, I mean, like uh, every other job that I ever did before comedy was like just, what? What are you qualified as? Did you ever study anything? I did. I studied marketing and advertising and sales and those kind of awful things at PE Technicon in the mid nineties. And I dropped out my final sort of six months of the three year course because at that stage I was doing radio. So, Where uh, were you and which radio station? That was Campus Bay FM, the University of Port Elizabeth station, which became Bay FM. One of the, what do you call it, sir? The little regional community radio stations, right? So I started with that. Hey, hey that's, that's, a, that's a good sound. So what we're doing is we're phoning Rabin because um, this is a quite a weird vibe. Uh, how many comedians are at Opikopi this, this year? Probably about, maybe about 15. Jeez. Maybe 20. So that was this weekend. And then how many are at Clarence? Is about 10. Yeah. So this is quite a busy little weekend for, for comedy. And well, this is up here. We mentioned earlier there's also this, yes, this, this little festive. Well, there's art club happening, but that doesn't really affect too many of the... Oh, okay. The tone, record your message. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rabin, we will be phoning there's, you. <laughs> there's a little festival on in Musenberg at the moment. Musenberg Comedy Festival is part of, I think, another little event or something. That's happening. Who's organizing that? I think that's Paul Cowan. Okay. Primarily Paul Cowan. He had a horrific motorbike accident, didn't he? He did. So you guys bonded on that front. Sort of, yeah. I mean, actually, did you when, talk him? Did you? No, I knew Paul. I mean, Paul was a mate. Counsel him. He was a mate before he had his accident. So we. Sorry, I, I, I've known him for a long time, and I mean, when he came down, he moved to Cape Town oh, a couple of years back, two years back, and for the first month or so, he stayed at my house in Bokop. Okay, so you became you, you bonded. Yeah, but I mean, but anyway, his was bad. Yours obviously was also horrific. His, with your was, leg. his was um, his was worse. Back in, in yeah, but I mean, it also like Paul's Paul's a big guy, and he's lost a lot of weight recently. Mm. Okay, and when you are of a certain size, your mobility in terms of healing and getting off, when you've got it's broken true. hips and all that kind of stuff, it's it's not easy. And I, I, I've watched him recently, and he's fine. He's getting fitter yeah. and stronger, and whatever. His comedy's also grown. Yeah, it has. Paul oh. Cowan. Mm. Okay, so uh, Rabin, as, as I said to you, we did phone him in the car and said we're going to phone you. Yeah. And now uh, he's got his voice voice box, noise. Well, well, that's just great, eh? It's just professional funny. motherfucker. So you have to. You're doing. We were going to Clarence, and that's why I wanted to phone Rabin and ask him about that. Do you do you think? Um, we spoke about this a long time ago. When did when did Comedia do the organizing of the comedy at Rocking the Daisies? 2003? No, no. The first Rocking the Daisies, I think you did, you arranged the first one, which would have been 2000. Just literally on stage comedians. Yeah, that um, was like 2006, I think that was. Or seven. Okay. And then I ran the stages for that for about five or six years afterwards. I can't remember. I did a lot of the Daisies. This is cool. We're not paying for the phone call. Rabin? Hello. Oh, he's there. <laughs> Hello there. This is fantastic. We don't have to pay for the phone call now. This is really, I'm the Indian in this transaction. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just like separate myself from this racism that you just created there? I just, oh, no. I, as I said to you outside, I'm a natural racist. I don't, I don't, just, you don't put it on. Try. I'm not it trying. You didn't even try. That's my, my show. It's not forced upon. Yeah, no. yeah. It just comes that yeah. slides naturally. I mean, on, yeah. on Bantu Hour the other day, I said yeah. to them that apartheid was like when you switch the lights on and the cockroaches run like that. Yeah. But, we, 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 the black, black guys said no more racism, no more apartheid, and the white guys didn't know what to do. 
We didn't get a warning. We didn't get like a three-week, listen, we're stopping apartheid in two weeks. This is your final notice. <laughs> Just like yeah, to distance yeah, myself from that again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a Tumi Meraki, but no one gives a fuck what I say. How are you, Rabin? I'm good, Dave. I'm good. I'm, are I'm, you in your I'm underpants? so much fun. No, 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 no. Okay. I suppose I am wearing underpants, but it's not... <laughs> The only no, thing I assume any guy that works from home definitely doesn't get dressed. They stay in the underpants for the whole day. You, you start meeting underpants on at some point. Everyone's the same. Oh, okay, so Rubin, tell me about when was Clarence? Uh, I remember one getting cancelled about two years ago. Is that right? Whoa, 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 whoa! You, either you breaking up or I'm breaking up. No, we're not breaking up. Signal. Tell me about your Clarence Comedy Festival. We can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, yes. I tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to just take you off my speakerphone for a second. <laughs> it's fine. It's a highly professional show, this. Okay. Martin Evans flew in specifically for this. This interview. Just... Martin, Hi, I remember Martin. The, night, the day, the night. The night I met Martin was at a place called Bunker 9. Do you remember that? Yes, indeed. What happened that night? I think we just lost. You just did. said you just met him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was amazing. You're getting another call. Is that what you're. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to speak to that other guy. Okay. Let's not put them on. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was uh, what do you call it? Belleville. It was in Belleville, Bunker 9, and mm. you'd just come back from – I hadn't heard of you. Yeah. It was the first, I met you. Yes, I had a little work, notepad with you. I'd been working in the UK for a few years. Yeah. Rubina, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now tell us about Clarence. How did it come about, and how does it – is this the second year? It's the second year. The first I, – I, I wanted to do one in 2015. Yes. So I got there in 2015, and I spoke to the people, and they were like, hey, yeah, cool, everything's fine. And they said, um, there's a lady in town that you must speak to and whatever. And I just found it tricky – Working with like a middleman, you know, okay. like they were. Now you know how, what it's like for us with Indians. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Mars is actually distanced himself. Can I just, himself. Can I just come to the back? No, no, no. Customers <laughs> in the front only. You okay. Help here. So that was 2015, and you had a little bit of so that's barrier to entry. So it was kind of like a, it was a, um, a, a stillbirth, I suppose. It, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't happen. Okay. Although I have T-shirts and everything made, so I've got. So one day in the future, <laughs> when like it's really super famous festival. And people go, wow, who's got the last two T-shirts? The 2015. Oh, there's going to be someone going, yeah, I was, I was yeah. totally at that festival, Brew. It was an amazing festival. Yeah, <laughs> the lineup. It didn't then, exist. Uh, but, then, but then last year, we kind of got a shit together, and I, I, I got um, I got 12 comedians. and uh, How was it last year? Six or seven venues. It was really good. It was pretty decently attended. I think I, I averaged about 60 or 70% capacity for the whole festival. Because Martin um, was asking, like, can the town sustain... Like a festival like that How many people visit oh, How many people are in Clarence In my yeah. ignorance I've been through oh. Clarence And it's yeah. It's not a, It's not huge No it's not huge But the, the point of having it This time of the year is It is the holiday season mm -hmm. So Everything between Clarence and Fixburg And Bethlehem Is booked out I Like see. this weekend in Clarence You cannot find accommodation Like if you try to book At the Protea mm. Or you yeah, I, have to, I have to sleep with places. I have to sleep with Gilly and Angel Again Oh it's horrible I hate the, 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 the desperation. I hate fucking the same <laughs> people twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what a disappointment. <laughs> okay, shame. So, so basically what it is, is it's a festival of, yes, I'd like it to get to a point where like the Clarence Beer Fest now where people go, hey man, we've got to go yes, for this destination. Where, where at the moment I'm going, look, there's a thousand people here already. Let me give them a thing to do tonight. Mm. Let me give them a thing to do tomorrow afternoon before the rugby. So how, how, how long does it run? Do Saturday. So tomorrow, it starts tomorrow evening, and there's okay. two shows on Thursday. So then two different venues? Or, uh, what, what yeah, are no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, okay. two different venues, two different times. So there's a 7 p.m. show and a 9 p.m. show. Okay. Then on Saturday, on Friday, Friday, we're doing a show for the – well, 
I say for the first time, but we're only doing it for two years. But this we mm-hmm. including Bethlehem as well, because obviously Bethlehem okay, is a Okay, so you take a, a little bigger... 20 minute drive out of town. Yeah, yeah. So that's okay. a couple of comedians there. It's a, it's a smaller show, but it's a decent show, Dave. I think you're on that lineup. <laughs> um, so once again, a Jew in Bethlehem. Yes, yes, Dave in Bethlehem. And a virgin. Well, the decided is a virgin. <laughs> if it's I, no, no, I think it's, it's Guinea or Tepe Mokale or Dave Lev. Tepe Mokale is no, 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 no. He's like a more of a man whore than I. I was going to say. I actually was about to say. I, probably yes. your match. It's like, compared to Tepe, yeah. you are the virgin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So now that's 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 huge. So, so is that's this cool. your? Has this and been a big Saturday, thing for you? Well. Yes, it's something that I think you know, Dave. I've, yeah. I was with you in, in Edinburgh in 2012, but I've been going to festivals since 2010, okay. 2011. You're picking up a lot of uh, tips and, and how to get these things done. And, and one day this yes, will be an international kind of festival. Well, I'm, I'm hoping in the next two two years that I can start attracting some international people or international. Oh, basically, it's not a case of going um, attracting people. I'm going to just pick up the phone and speak to two of my comedian mates, yes. one in the UK, one in Ireland. Neil Desai. Anil, yes, Anil and my other buddy Marcus O'Leary, and just go. Oh, Dana Alexander's interested. No. Dana, she's great. She was in Canada. She's in Canada, and I just oh. missed her because I was in Toronto a week ago, and she was there this week. So, so that your Toronto visit that was a that was a, a festival based thing, wasn't it, as well to get yes, to yes, meet so to those was, people. Yes, that was that was a just for laughs Toronto festival, okay. and um, so I was there for four days. Do you know where Montreux is? <laughs> yeah, Montreal was in July. <laughs> Where's Montreux though? <laughs> Oh, Montreux is in Europe somewhere, in, 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 okay. in, in, in the land of Switzerland or in the land of the Dutch Hollanders. There you go. Ten out of so ten. Montreux Actually, the opening is line of Smoke on the Water. What is We all went down to Montreux. Oh. But you want to say that we're a percentage of Germans? For me, the opening line of Smoke on the Water is... That's not words, though. Those aren't words. Yes, because when you're growing up, then you're thinking, what's wrong with these white people? On the Lake Geneva shoreline. I never knew there was a guitar. I thought it was a guy going, dun, dun, dun. That's what every bloody person's doing now. D-U-N, D-U-N. She's never realized that. Mom. Mom. Martin just realized that now. He also air guitar big time now on the thing. That was not That was actually just, that was me working out some, I've got such a hangover. so We both went for a meeting last night to go to a quiz event, Martin, myself. Yeah. We didn't make it to the quiz. We didn't make it. No, we didn't. He has a pop quiz. Why didn't we make it? Ah, you're too drunk. No, the owners of places, when they see a comedian, they think it's a, it's a time to relax and just be themselves. So every time we, we speak to this guy, he brought a tray. Oh, like I have to put these ones in the tequila this is, this and try this one. And, and they kept bringing us beer, and we didn't. I think we we didn't pay. I paid. Oh shit! Thanks, Martin. Yeah, I was four hundred <laughs> something rand. Fuck you you know, just breakfast. I tell you what. No, no. Dave's just like, well, thank you very much. It's been an amazing evening, and just fucked off. He just walked, and I was like, sorry. So I'm delusional. I, I think I, that I, as I a comedian, again, I get free stuff. No, no, no. I said they oh. I said again, I, I assume I'm paying then. Thank you. <laughs> so, That's hilarious. Let me get the receipt out here. Let's have a look here. Let's see. <laughs> My, uh, sorry. Back to you, Rubin. 413 <laughs> Rand. Purchase reserved at the Green Modifontaine. Okay. And now here's a song. There we go. All right, Rubin. Yeah. Who's on your lineups? So, then, so every lineup is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I've got yourself. Okay. And then there's Rob Van Fieren and oh, Jason Goliath in the festival headliners. Brilliant. And then we've got, um, of the ladies, we've got Nina Hasty, we've got Angel, Angel Campy, Claudine Ullman, Gilly Apter. Hang on a minute, that seems like that's a lot of ladies on the lineup. That is, that is where it's, it's Do you know, I was, I was speaking to a buddy of mine from overseas and he was like, 
He's never seen so That's many it. females in a lineup. What, what is wrong? I was like, I it never. Well, then we're getting something right. To be. I suppose the comedians are getting something right, and yeah. people that do shows and festivals are getting something right because I think it it makes sense. Okay. Cool. Why you know? It, I mean, last year we only had I think it was it was Gillian, um, it was Claudine and Angel, okay. and a lot of the other comedians, other comedians were either not interested or doing other festivals. Yes. The other thing is this weekend there is Art Club. There is mm. Rocking the Daisies and Opikopi. Yeah. And like Rocking like the Daisies Martin had no comedy this year. Rocking the Daisies decided no comedy. Yeah. No, they've cancelled it for ah. this, this time at least, which is great because you know what? There's no comedians. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. Um, I actually look forward to the fact that in, I got offered the opportunity to open up an event a while ago and it would have clashed with like, maybe the National Arts Festival. And I was like, oh, you know, it's not a great idea. But I think a lot of Axon would like the opportunity to do something different. I'm not doing Rocking the Daisies because it doesn't exist, but also fuck Rocking the Daisies as well. I'm not keen. <laughs> How long did it take you to pay? Oh, it's to the, the half I, I, the year. All I can tell you is it took so long to pay that relationships with other comedians who are tight friends yeah. got strained. Okay. No, they kept on you, you know what I mean? when, when did, you're the did, guy who did, isn't paying folks because uh, somebody okay, isn't so paying. Okay, so were, were you the middleman in that? Yeah, you know, yeah. So I would get stuck with like you know yeah. the one year that's I always, had. That's always that's always tricky. Fifty-five comics Cheap. around the country, Joe Berg and Kate flying Tom, in thing. internationals coming out and what have you, dealing with it, and they gave us nothing. Yeah. So I hope that the reason there isn't comedy at Rocking the Daisies is, is because the comedians have stepped back. Yeah, oh. they haven't. But the good part is when Rocking the Daisies might come to their senses and go, we perhaps would like comedy, we can go, do you know what? Mm. No, there's a Clarence Comedy Festival is a lot more fun and we'd rather go do yeah. that. Well, the be- one that you're yeah, speaking it's, it's, of is Friendship. It's comedy things and it's, and, it's, and it's less dusty. Do it. Yeah. And, um, and it's less expensive. Just up a copy. <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm, I'm assuming man. after this weekend it's definitely <laughs> going to be so much more fun. Yeah. Um, I just think the way, the way that comedy is you can't put it into another genre, another context. Mm. Like if we ever had to play do comedy at um, uh, the Edinburgh Concert Hall with yeah. the Philharmonic Orchestra, yeah. mm. then there's too much fucking rules and things for us to go be there, be aware, black tie, do this, do that. Yeah. And the same thing with music festivals. They, the music industry is big enough that yes. people have, they have a manager, they have a booking agent, mm. they have a PA or a handler that rolls with them. <laughs> yeah. So even if someone is booking one person, like other Jack Parr or band or something, he's got a band, he's got stuff. So people go, oh, just just book that guy, yes. and then there's a number attached to it, and they pay it because mm. they think everything's going to run itself. Yeah. But with comedians, we don't. Our industry is not like that. It's much more one on one. Well, I mean, Rocky the Daisy still continue to have any, a, a trance tent next to the comedy tent yeah. with no one in it. What? Playing this okay, weird so music. Wait, 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 we say, can't you just put it off for an hour yeah. just so we can do our show? Then eventually they did it after the second day. Yeah, it became much. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing Opikopi yes. this week. Or I'm from, Who's yeah. at Opikopi? You've also got quite a lacquer line up there. Opikopi's yeah, good. But there's, there's cool comedians at Opikopi. Yeah, there. it's going to be fun. Uh, and this is the first time I've done comedy. Even there. Vittorio's there. Is he? I don't know. No, he's not. <laughs> I don't think Vittorio's there. <laughs> but listen, Rabin, we're not allowed to talk to you for too long because um, no I could talk to you all day. You're an intelligent, great organizer of comedy and a funny man yourself. So I look forward to being Thank in Clarence. Yeah, I think we're going to have so much fun. Considering and, uh, that this is Friday, we can listen to this podcast on Friday. Okay, we can do that. Okay, cool. Do you have any? Do you want to? Do you have a shout out? For future Rabin. Future Rabin, I hope you cut your nails. No one's ever done yeah. A future Rabin. Future Rabin, I hope you cut your hair. Yeah. And you know what Rabin, you must I do? Hope you didn't forget. I didn't find forget to buy the soccer ball and the frisbee. And wet wipes. Wet, I always have wet wipes. I've got a kid, man. Wet, no, I mean for your I anus. Give away. I was gonna say I was. I haven't got a kid, but I. Would. You've, Martin's got wet wipes. In his, I had a dump at his house, and he has got them right next to the toilet. And it was yeah. such a nice, minty it's feeling. It's yeah. like a hello. Like but then I find if I need to use wet, wet wipes, guess what I'm doing? I've got to reach for the normal thing again just to get the 
the level of comfort back. Yeah. Uh. All right. Because now it's now you, now you got a slick crack. It's too soapy. <laughs> it's right. It's too. I don't, you must get the other. You must get the non-alcoholic yeah. uh, version. I didn't realize that wet pipes oh, had alcohol in them. My baby was the, was the, drunk the, for its first two years. The alcohol. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm just putting alcohol on the top. <laughs> okay, Fifteen minutes ago. Rubin, I'm plug. I'm unplugging <laughs> you. Thanks for phoning back, Rubin. It saves good us money. So if we're traveling in the car in Clarence, good luck. Cheers. Okay. So that's, that's them, hey? So that was Rabin here on, what are we, Cliff Central? And uh, the time is, doesn't matter, because you could be listening to this at any time. <laughs> Outside, the traffic is constant. There is always cars, and there was crime today somewhere. Your weather report, at one point somewhere in the country, it will be raining, probably. Maybe that's where you are. It's hot. <laughs> now, Martin, wait. Let's talk about what what we mentioned. We would, the, the world's going mad. Mm-hmm. Um. Can you also hear that? I do. I just feel a little groove come in. Like, yeah. mm, jazz beats. Okay. We're supposed to have jazz beats. Yeah, that's, this is appropriate Armageddon music we can talk about. I know. Well. When the world ends, will, jazz singers get taken out first <laughs> in my Armageddon okay. book. But no, it is not. Let's not even talk about uh, floods in Puerto Rico or mm. Texas or a general, a person that's in charge of America at the moment who has, was chosen by them. They're, they're gun laws. What's the story? What's, the, what's, what's South Africa's rules? Well, you know, it's quite strange. I think we all have this idea that the American... Uh, when you want to call it, how, how easy they have access to guns is just so you universal. Go to, you can go to the Walmart and get ammunition or whatever. Yes and no. I think it, you have to sign for ammunition. No. Uh, like, it depends. And this is the difference. So you can go to somewhere like Nevada, the state where this big shooting oh, yes. happened. And as long as you're an American resident, and especially a Nevada resident, for example. There's a lot of shooting galleries in Nevada. You, you just go into those places and you don't have to make any license declaration. On, so, like, if anybody can buy bullets and in any quantity, right? So if you look at, say, somewhere like South Africa, the only way in South Africa you can have uh, an unlimited amount of firearm rounds, I think there still is a kind of top-off point, but when your license has been specifically sectioned for you, so like a Section 16 license here is either a professional hunter or, uh-huh. you know, somebody who does this all the time, so they allow them the, okay. uh, the option to keep bullets. In America, anyone can do it, and you're right, you can walk into a Walmart. And I think that some of them have so- Target has stopped or well, something they, like that. No, they've got Target. Yeah. Target stopped selling yeah. guns. I think what it was is, <clears throat> excuse me, they changed what type of weapons you could buy. I think so each can, state's got a different law. So you can like, yeah, like New York, for example. You, there's no guns in New York, right? The only guns people have in New York are yeah, bad guys, like actual illegal firearms. Oh. Whereas you but go what to, about in South Africa, these guys that hijacking with AK-47s and that? I mean, that's... That's obviously an illegal firearm or it's no, been stolen or whatever. But not necessarily. That's an automatic weapon. Like it's not automatic. It. Not all of them. Oh. If it's a semi-automatic gun, you can, that's a Section 16 license. You can go into a, a gun shop, buy the gun, and then just take – you have to belong to the, the like a hunting association oh. or the like a shooting club. So you can buy that. No, those things freak me out. Eh? But, when we have... see, but when we see this, uh, in the crime situations in South Africa, when we see guys using AK-47s, they're very rarely legally obtained oh. semi-automatic guns. They are – Proper war guns that have been yes. in the bush wars somewhere around. But this guy was using was using M16s, assault rifles. Proper. Well, the guy who did this, oh. uh, what you call it thing? Yeah, I saw a photograph of some of the guns, and you know that like standard AR-15 platform they all seem to have in America, right? Oh. Whatever it was, it looked, but it looked like big magazines. So it might even have been more like like three or eight type rounds. It's nice that we're doing this on a comedy podcast. Oh, it's like, this is where people say to me, "Can you make jokes about these things?" And I just thought, like, I've got a kid. I've got friends that went to Vegas about three weeks ago and came uh, back and had a good time. It's see, just it's, it's so well, scary. Well, man. we can link this into comedy quite cleverly if you want to say. Well, someone said country music's really shit. No, okay. So, yeah. like, if we look at the circumstances of what happened, right, and the immediate response from friends, friends, Social public, media, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So, 
Um, almost any shooting in America nowadays, right, is going to be followed by like almost like a, the rest of the world. Go, I told you so. Yeah. Told you you got to fix your gun problems. You know what I mean? Like everyone likes to go. Well, there's your there's your fucking problems sorted out. The problem with that to me is, and there were a couple of comics. I won't say who they were. Who made some really poor taste jokes immediately? Like, crass, yeah, just like because they of, feel, you know, like yeah. I don't want to know what goes on in Vegas because you know what goes in Vegas stays yeah. Vegas. I'm like that's not trying worth, digging so like, deep for that punchline. What's punch the point? There's not. It's oh. not funny. So don't bring that in. Or someone who's just got. It's little, not even a case of too soon. Yeah, it's just not funny. Oh. Um, and when I see some of these guys who sort of make instant attempts at sort mm. of being smart, because they'll get retweeted or whatever, but. But you know what? So much for the retweets. They're just arrogant in their head thinking, that, oh, I've got a funny thing to say about this. Yeah. And you go like, actually, think about it. No, you're Somebody not anonymous else, in that sense. You know, there was a story in there that I read, and I think it was the South African guy who, who's... Um, I read one of the articles that I, I don't want to like fabricate up too many of the points, but I read that the guy was a South African guy, gone to the concert, had just proposed mm. to his girlfriend. She said yes, and then she got shot through the back and died on it. Oh and he's describing... Like, well, the little interview in the yes. right they're just going like, and I, I, I put my finger into her back, into the bullet wound to try and stop the bleeding, yes. and she died in my arms. Yeah. And you sit there going, no, you can't make, there's no that's comment not, you're going to make about funny. that. It's not funny. And oh. there's nothing funny about any circumstance. We're I just, just the, way, the way you speak about the shootings in America, like every time it happens, it just seems too normal now. Yeah. You see, like. And I, then the type at the bottom, the, the biggest X, Y, Z in, hist- in, in American history. Yeah. So every single one of them gets mm. bigger. But what if you look at what the context. What goes through this guy's mind? So like, I don't think. Like, I'm not going to say that it isn't guns' fault. Guns kill people. They yeah. do, right? And it's the easiest way to kill people. You can you can kill people with a knife, but it's a lot more technical. Yeah. You can kill people with a truck. You know, you can. It's not impossible. But do you have? I don't believe it's the guns. I believe it's the mentality. American mentality is like multiple serial killers, and not everyone, obviously, but yeah. in in society, they have they have an incredibly wacky nation. And when you give them. And also too big. So you uh, what's the population? Three, three, three hundred something million. Three hundred fifty million. How do you get a law passed and everyone has put their guns into a hole into well, fire? This is place. what they're saying. So they want to like you know we need gun control. Like of course they do. They certainly need to put in more for future owners. But you don't have like if I had a gun in America and you came up and said do you want to buy the gun, I can give it to you. You can give me the money for it, and that's the transaction done. You don't have to have any back check for secondhand firearms in the states, basically. So that changes it. So if there's all those guns there. And they went and said, right, everyone hand them in, please. First of all, this is America. That Second Amendment isn't just the right for the guns. It's their reason to be assholes, the way they want to defend that like, over my, you know, out of my cold, dead hand kind of attitude. So I'm, you know, I'm, quite, I'm quite disturbed watching. I also got disturbed. It wasn't, wasn't good comedy um, no. stuff. And that's, what I, that's why I wanted to speak to you. Like, I don't, I don't like the, the attitude of someone going, it's, it's, a, it's a good platform you know for that, my little There's nowhere job. that, like, I mean, when I was a kid, I'm going to put this in context. When I was a kid. I remember, like, say, in the 80s, uh, Ethiopian famine jokes, right? Yes. Were, were, were like, the, almost like knock-knock jokes, right? And they're incredibly insensitive if, if you were to justify them by the fact That's that true. millions of people were dying the from Princess horrible, Diana, horrible, Princess Diana stuff. This was before social media, hey? so those things came through the exa- email yeah. or, or SMS like a, like to Like a word-of-mouth yeah. kind of thing, right? And, and nowadays, if you looked at some of those jokes and you went, Jesus. There was I would a, hate for you, if someone to... It's close enough. Yeah, we have it as well with, with with jokes coming out about transport and things that happen. Those are friends of yours that have died. Mm. You're going through trauma already. But you see, that's that's the thing about comedy in this country that makes it quite difficult. When someone says something as simple as like, "Is there any context ever where you could have like a funny rape mm. joke?" and people have argued things. I've, for, I've said a flat out no. Yeah. Just purely based on you there to entertain, 
and I've watched the guy even even when he when he spoke of of rape and he had the the, the perpetrator or whatever in the in the joke looked good. Yeah. I just, I just, the word doesn't sit nicely on the exactly. ears of an audience that's paying. Exactly. So, oh. if you're going to be making jokes about any situation, like you can mirror an experience yourself. Like, say, me somebody who's reading the paper and goes, oh, I, I wasn't at that shooting, but once there was this time, I was yes, at this yes. place, and you know, like two people got killed that I was with, and mm. that's traumatic. And people keep making the little funny, hey, little funny, yeah. funny, and you go, oh, look, I agree. Comedy, laughter will heal stuff eventually, mm. but. It's just too traumatic and too often. No, it's just crazy. I do. I do. I know of a comedian who has a has a, a reference to rape, and I just said to him, "Take it out." No, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not doing your audience any good. You just you're sitting there, and when you leave, they're all going, "Hmm, that he was someone, good. Something someone, went wrong." Oh. Somewhere has had an and experience, exactly. and you are. I've done it with um, <clears throat> someone in the front of the audience. She had a duck on her head, and that means chemotherapy. Yeah. Guy before that was talking about something with cancer, and I said to him, "Do you realize that chick there is going through chemotherapy now? Yeah. She hates you. Yeah, she hates this comedy club. Mm. She hates me, and I haven't been on stage yet. So yeah. just be a little bit more sensitive. Mm. But then there's other comics who go, no, it's their fault. It's a comedy club. It's a, it's this tough thing. I'm like, no, 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 not if it's an ensemble lineup. If it's mm. you doing a single show and they've paid money to come see you because they like that crass humor, Jim Jeffries or whatever it is. Yeah, when someone makes a joke amongst the company of their friends, you're assuming if someone's your friend, you know who they are, <laughs> and you're able to. Talk to them about the experiences that you're familiar with. But he was speaking to a bunch of strangers and you're oh. tweeting out. And entertain, man. Yeah. Like, like there's no need to be funny about everything. Oh. Do you know what I mean? If so, someone, they, so then that means the question I was asked a long time ago mm. about comedy, they said, what would you not joke about? And I kind of went, um, I wouldn't make a joke about shock attack straight after the guy was attacked. Right. I'll wait a week. I thought you were just saying because of Martin <laughs> Davis. <laughs> yeah, surprise shark attack. Madam, shark attack. Madam, 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 shark attack. That is a surprise. Surprise. <laughs> it, it was attacked. It was a surprise shark attack. Shame, I shouldn't do that. that yeah. But uh, exactly, you know, there's, what do they say? What is this? Tragedy or comedy is what? Tragedy plus time. Oh, time. Yeah, and some things like make sense that you can go back to. Like, for example, whereas 9-11, okay, has... No, I was making a joke at the airport... I've seen comedians when we've traveled together, and I've said, "You just shut the fuck up when we're going through when that you security." Because sort of like you are funny. Oh, I got a bum in my yeah. <laughs> Look at me, clever. And, yeah. uh, and weird. It's only the younger comics who want to do comedy all the time. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, that's another thing as well. I guess. I guess that's it. it always comes back to this need for I think a lot of people to try and be on the money constantly. So hey, here's my little, here's my little funny Vegas thing, and you go, you know what? Nope. Nope. You, <coughs> excuse me, you said it before where, you know, um, you go out, say like a social event, you're, you're at a braai, you're, you're a new company, you're, you're speaking, you're chatting, you're having a glass of wine. Would you, would and you someone say says to you like, well, two things, first yeah. of all, or like they might go, you're not really funny. Uh, for a comedian, you're not really funny. You're like, I, I'm not suggesting, I'm not doing a show right now. You know, you're, you're sort of just, you're having a brewery role and talking to someone about their school kids first term or whatever the case is. And they're, Oh, you're not very funny. Like, we're talking about your yes. kid's school. I'm not like, ba-boom. Oh, no, I've, so so I've been told school. I'm anti-social at, at Brian's and things. Exactly. And the reason why I've done that is because I've had to be funny. Someone will come to me after the bar and say, you, 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 everyone tells me, yeah, you're a comedian. I'm like, yeah. She says, well, you haven't been very funny. No. So I said, where, where, where are you from? Plus, if you do tell a joke, you get judged on that joke. No, but remember that the, was that person who was saying to you, you're a comedian. That was your mother. You think you're a comedian. But we were talking about something else about, um, this racism pops up. There was a guy uh, that sent a memorandum, I think, to Kasatu or one of them, mm. and he was M- M- Mashaba, the mayor of Shwane, wasn't yeah. there, so he sent his 
uh, a guy who works in the office, also not a PA, but one high um, uh, official. Yeah, yeah. And his name Represent. is Michael Sun, Chinese guy. Mm. And the the guys were ripping him off. The guy who introduced him said, "Ah, oh, they're bringing this guy out. He's Hong Kong. He's he knows karate. Mm. He's Bruce Lee." And uh, and this guy was a, he was disgusted. He said, a "This professional is professional yeah. man doing a professional yeah. job." And, being and he just came out to say, "Thank ridiculed. you." This memorandum will be handed. And they said, "No, send Mashaba out. We want the real guy." Yeah. And he's like, "So it, there's that." It was in the front pages of the Saturday on a Saturday Star. But it, it's just weird to see um, <coughs> that level of racism where, mm. where the guy. And I think I've, I've I've made fun of Chinese guys and my my Chinese bucky. Then mm. I realized, hang on, that's it's just as racist as anything. Mm. It's it's almost, I guess, in South Africa, um, not so much the racist side of it, the pure ignorance side of it. Mm. Ignorance is like, oh wait, I assumed racism only worked on a white yeah. black environment. Like it's possible for black people to be racist yeah. about Asians. Gosh, holy moly! Is it? Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> holy rusted metal, you, Batman! Yeah, are you sure that people have? Other cultures outside of the whites are actually possibly racist too. Good grief. What are the chances? So, hey, that's, that's insulting though for that man to have to deal with that kind of stuff. Oh, shame. What is so, this we're listening to? You want to all, is this just pure it's lounge pure music? pure lounge. It's actually called lounge music. Now that's what I call, I've had <laughs> you know a stroke do, version for. We, when, no? when Eric's here, Eric Anson's not here. We also have another guy called Brandon who joins us. But when they, when they are here, they kind of choose music. Mm. But I think it dates, it dates the podcast. Whereas does, this, this, this has no date. No, this dates. When was this? 1813. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was a gunman in Vegas. Yeah, oh, shit. I did radio at uh, 702 in Cape Talk and the first show that I did when I went on air there was when the Bataclan had just been attacked. So that first night was like when the what the Bataclan, the Eagles of Death Metal concert when they gunned oh, yes. down all the people, all the the Paris attacks, oh, and that was my first night on. Oh, so yeah, the phone, radio. the phone calls come through. Hey, I was intense. Yeah, yeah. That's good though. That's a little baptism. That's nice. Oh, I suppose. Did you enjoy? What did you do on seven hundred two? You were late night one of those graveyard shift jobs. Yeah, I went to. Well, we do, I live in Cape Town, and uh, no offense to Johannesburg, but there's not many reasons for me to want to move up here. Oh. But it's always great if you can have your finger in the Joburg pie as well. So to be able to broadcast from Cape Town and know that 702 was yes. on the, the great so – You get a little bit region. of a, a fingerprint. And it, it's no, no offense to FM stations, but they can all suck a dick, right? But And the talk radio platform, this, I guess, basically the same thing, you know. A lot, lot of fun, a lot of fun. It's very subtle there in the background. Now. This uh, Las Vegas dude uh. transferred $100,000 to an overseas account like, two days before this thing. And he set up cameras inside the peephole of his high-rise hotel room. There was like 50 cameras or something in there. How the, this is what a, one of my comedian friends tweeted out going, he says, how is it possible for a guy to get like 30 armed rifles, whatever it is, into his hotel yeah. room? And he says he can barely get a hooker, <laughs> a hooker and a crack pipe in through the door. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How do they get guns? And he's like, well, that's a bit yeah. crazy. But you do. You, I, I, I must admit, when I put my guns in the hotel, I do feel more... Out of place than when I put my my hooker in the in the in a suitcase in a in a safe in a golf bag <laughs> hooker in the safe. I've actually uh, and I, you left the, I didn't even play golf and, and, and my the... golf bag was moving and I said, hey, you know what's in there? We both know what's in there. Just keep calm. <laughs> Just give it some water. <laughs> give it some water. <laughs> it's been a few days. That's terrible. Straight off the crate. Terrible. Terrible. Mm. Yeah. So we we were going to talk about um, world events and things and and your your move into. What are you doing now? You got comedy? Are you back in comedy or are you giving up? No, not really. Um, for what I did realize, if you're going to do stand up in South Africa, if you are. You've been overseas now. You're in London. Yeah, I've, I've traveled as much as possible and I want to do a lot more with it. So comedy is still going to be the, the, the vehicle for travel, the reason for why I'd be going to places. But I don't want to like 
it's not to knock the South African circuit. I don't want to have a complete comedy career by the regular South African standards, which means, yeah, you'll do a few gigs, but you very much have to do a corporate uh, career. And you can't just choose to have a corporate career. They also have to choose to want you, right? And I don't fit into the mold of corporate comedy. So if I'm coming back now, I'm doing comedy for gigs because it's fun or it should be. Something like Opie Copy. What did you do? Did you do stuff in London and do stuff in No, no not, not comedy. Not but I, what I do is I, I involve myself in the industry, though. So yes, yeah, so you, you were kind of so call it a curator of the Deer yeah, Park thing. So I go to like Edinburgh. I was there last year. I was mm. there this year again. And I'll watch some shows and I give my comedian friends a shout and I have a beer with them. And you know what? In one day of a festival like that, the motivation that I walk away with mm. is immeasurable. Whereas if I sort of don't take occasional breaks, I call it quitting. But sometimes yeah. it is. I would love to quit something else to fall into my lap. So permanent that I want to I think to do you that. get very sensitive with things in the industry. It actually affects you a lot more than other people. Um, and that's possibly why you get you get upset and you kind of say, "Well, I'm leaving." Maybe you do that in your relationships too, in probably. dating people. Probably. But I've have seen I've had said to you like, "Calm down. There's nothing you can do about that now." Mm. But those things that you have, those gripes are real. And mm. um, there was money that was wasn't being paid to gigs. There was um, why can't we all just have a, a lighting or where? Why yeah, aren't like, why the posters are shit? Professionalism. Just you know, when when someone says uh, you're a comedian and they most of the comics have got this. They almost, what do you call it? Like, they want what you. What is with the posters? They want you to know how fucking cool their job is. They want you to know, like, ah, oh, blessed to be on stage, another night, the hustle, hashtag comedy, hashtag. No. Can you imagine if a guy went to work at Old Mutual and every day said, yeah, I'm, you know I, mean? I just sold a policy. And I said, That's your fucking job. And I say, if you are that content with how the system is, then you're a fucking fool. Oh. So if you're that passionate about your job, your life, I can't leave How did your space. manifesto that you started writing? Did you did you get it written? Well, Caps I, on I didn't actually write a manifesto. I straight up went to the UK comedy okay. site. Well, they've got a UK comedy guild. Yes. And the, the documents they put out was basically to advise anybody whether you were a promoter okay. or guidelines to how to run your own comedy it, night exactly exactly mm-hmm. like little rules and regulations to clarify certain things and almost like perhaps call it like an ombudsman that you can go through because you see in an industry as small as this if you piss off a promoter who has well let's say let's say Ruby Bean's on the phone now and oh. let's say you want to do Clarence Comedy Festival next year and for whatever reason you went out of your way and you really upset Rabin and he goes I don't want to work with that guy anymore there's not a lot of Rabins out there to keep you busy in this country yeah. so it's quite difficult to be outspoken when someone's going well I'm not going to fucking no I don't think Eddie Gazar books me yeah, or I mean, you there's no there's, and I don't mean it in a negative way as well it's, there's not enough for everyone to do everyone's jumping on every bill constantly and yeah. loving it too much hate it a little bit as well <laughs> be angry that the gig's in a crap yes. fucking venue with shit sound the man well, and when you leave there don't, don't take a picture and put it and say killer gig yeah. so and so rocks it you're like no 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 there was bad lighting bad just, sound everyone just, no one knew about it the poster sucked yeah just <laughs> smash this piece you got of it, shit I call it Evansing <laughs> I think you know what it is I, I did actually mention To some people recently And it's a year and a half break More or less I've taken from comedy I am getting back into it Partly Because realistically I also need to make Some more income I've, I've used up my savings and, and just enjoying myself And I have got new ideas About perhaps what I don't want to say Funny means in South Africa But what content can be And stand-up comedy is like an ancient form, if you want to call it, of entertainment. It really is. Oh. Forget the mics and the yeah, lights. We should be getting it right. Storytelling, yeah. right? It's storytelling. And the oral tradition is about repetition. So you tell a story over and over. But something gets lost in that. In if you're not there to see the story, you kind of wasted your night. Hmm. And 
We don't have in South Africa something yet that's making differences. And go to the States or the UK, and they do have not just a bunch of comedians. They have hyper-successful individuals. You have real media careers, real television jobs, real radio stations, where they make millions of pounds a year, right? Oh. I'm not saying that we don't have a few people in the country no. doing that. Oh, no. But at no point when someone goes off the TV show, do they go, get that guy back <laughs> at any cost. It's, he's going to be a hundred million rand a year. <laughs> no, matter. he's not. He's, he's, he's not. You know. What's your take on improv in this country? Mm. What have you, who have you watched? Because you, you're not a fan. I fucking hate improv. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Do you consider yourself to be an improvised? No, you see, this is this is the strange act. thing. Like, I'm. I didn't know what improv really was before. Yeah. I'd watched your. Uh, who's who's my, like you know, the TV yeah. shows There's nothing wrong with those I just yeah. find them a little bit twee I think it's like Oh look at me I can kind of do something But what I didn't realize About improv is The word improv Makes it sound like It's all made up yes. well, Which is great It's all formula But it's a total formula yeah. And and to me It's not that there's a problem With improv There's nothing wrong with improv But it's but not Stand up comedy <laughs> It's like saying I don't, And it's I a completely Different audience Because we used to do that In Cape Town And then I noticed It was not the same yeah. people they like, like to laugh at the, the thing that's happening. Yeah. But if you said a funny thing, they were like, that's not funny. Yeah. Do, do be, pretend you're on a bicycle. I was going to say, it's like stand up comedy might be talking about 10 minutes about being on a bicycle and uncomfortable. Improv is like, oh, I'm on an uncomfortable bicycle. And then bicycle. you have to ride the bicycle. Yeah. And you're going like, oh, really? And then, you know what I think improv is? I think improv is an excuse for people to go on stage. Because they don't have the balls of the talent to do stand-up in the first place. Or to go into acting. Yeah. And they want to go, look at me, look at me. And you know who goes to the audience? Fucking other, other actors you also want to be. <laughs> mm, amazing, fantastic tonight. I love to this, Martin. Let's go. Let's burn him. So improv, we fucking hate improv. Improv is to me, it's like going to a tennis match. And you've showed up With, and your partner's brought a badminton yeah. racket. Just because the, the rackets are the same shape yeah. doesn't mean you're the same. It's not the same fucking yeah. sport. Go away. Go play your own And I game. think the, the guys that do improv, I've seen Claudine, I've seen... Um, a few others that they've actually they've actually realised that their comedy chops for stand up have to be a little bit. Um, Anybody who comes as an actor to stand up yeah. is almost almost at a disadvantage. At a disadvantage, you can Rob be. Rob uh Skulk Pizzet, Siv. I mean, look, these aren't criticisms of yeah. them. They are actual actors who went to university, studied this yes. as a performance thing, then came out and became stand ups. If you watch the majority of Ellen uh, Committee, you see some. Um, actually, we were quite good in South Africa. Is it theater? Theater? Yeah. And then comedy. I saw someone bow after a show once. And I went backstage and I said, don't ever do that. Bow. Because, no. yeah, because what you've done is you've made the audience clap or stand for you. Mm. And then they do like it's a bow where you put, you put your one leg behind you. Yeah. And then you, you do that bow with your arms out like a, like a flamingo. Like a large curtsy. Like, a, yeah, yeah. like that. And yeah. bowed after the comedy. And I said, what are you doing? Like, this is stand-up comedy. Yeah. And, and then she said, well, that's, those aren't the rules. I'm allowed to bow to the I said, no, 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 no. That's I, I, I don't, I'm unless, not, it's, unless you're taking the piss. Yeah. But she wasn't. I'm not taking, I'm not, what do we say? This? I'm not, no problem with improv, just not where it goes to. That's all. I don't like it being comedy club linked. It's theater stuff. Okay. So then, so you don't, you'll watch it probably. You like no, the, I won't watch it. Not, I won't watch it. I certainly won't watch it. Yeah. Uh, not at all. I'd like to re say that again. Hates I improv. would not go and watch improv. I'm riding in a car with three improvised players. Driving to Clarence. Who? Claudine, Gilly, I don't know. They all do improv. Doesn't Angel do improv? Probably. <laughs> in my car, I've got Claudine, Gilly, Angel, and Yasin. And me. There's five of us. And Sepo. Fucking Bucky. Sepo's going with. Okay. With, I've just heard. They've got a group. Okay. Well, I mean, like as I said, improv. Jesus, please, please, just, just stop. Okay. <laughs> stop. I appeal to you. And magicians, magicians, and improv. <laughs> Fuck you, magicians. Yes. Specifically, Marcel Odians. I don't even know who that is. 
He's, he's, he's not allowed within 50 meters of most primary schools. Oh, Jesus, careful what you say, Dave. <laughs> careful what I say. I just want to say stuff, man. Can <laughs> someone just please bust us? Uh, all right. Now, other things, the Oscar movie has been made without permission, so to speak. But do you need permission to do yeah, that? Like, you know when you do um, the, the Bible, what's the thing? You, you make a movie about Jesus. Yeah. Do you get permission from the yeah, Christians? I'm going to go and phone the Pope quickly and see if I can... <laughs> Well, so out. it's a story It's a public domain And it's been made into a story Sure um, And they, they, sh- they brought out the trailer um, it's, it's kind of What I find was weird There's so many murdered movies Yeah There's tons there's, You go watch one tomorrow and, But this one seemed to hit a, hit, a, hit a chord Because you're going Hang on a minute <coughs> Some, We knew that girl mm. We knew that guy And like, it's awkward watching there, There's a sex scene There's like a she's, The tick's topless or something She's from Who's, um, who's in it? Is it like major no, stars? No, major stars. No. Like no they name people a, just they, I think the one guy might be South African, but he's, his career is over when he gets back here. But the others are all doing, the, they're so all people, doing their I'm, best to I'm do South African accents. So has this been a problem then? Are folks upset about and it? They, both sides. Both upset because they're saying that the court case was from the prosecutor's side. So they made the movie from the prosecutor's side. So okay. all the scripting and all the stuff comes from what the prosecutor said. And then the thoughts are what would have happened after that. So the script, there's no, they don't know what the cop said on the night, but they've sort of made up this. And the guy's got an American accent. He's like, well, that's like a sort of, what's it called? A CSI kind of thing. Oh, it's, it's called Blade Runner or something, is it? It's called Blade Runner Killer. <laughs> it's, a, it's a television channel, plans to air yes. films. It's, a so TV it's, a, it's one of those sort of hallmark um, kind of things. What's um, the, I can't it's see a, It's going to be a 40, it's not going to be a full two hour feature, so it's, a, it's made for TV movie. Yeah. But they're very angry. But I mean, how, do you, how dare you make a movie about that, a murderer? No offense. I, I, how first, dare Stephen King write novels about a dog that eats people? Did you or a uh, car did, that did eats people? Did you not watch the what's it called um, OJ Simpson yes. movie thing recently? That telly series. It was yeah. brilliant. What was it? It was really good. I mean, I watched that thoroughly. Well, how many people did, did Escobar kill? And the, the no, narcos no, people were loving it. That exactly, was real. Exactly, Those people died. Exactly. So I can say right now, South Africa yeah, is very close to this case, right? Mm. Um. If it was treated like any other story, if you're being objective and someone said a no-name TV company in the States is making a TV movie about the Oscar case, you're like, of course, there must be like 30 already. Surely. Mm. Surely somebody else has done this, right? Well, they made a Hansi movie. <laughs> do you remember that? I barely even remember Hansi at this stage. But I do remember <laughs> Hansi, let's, let's maybe clarify that. That is not Hansi um, van Mera, yeah. but Hansi Cronier had a movie and, and that yeah. actor also um, – People cast for it Like it was a casting Do you want to be in the Hansi movie? Yeah, I remember it was out in Cape Town And I was like No I don't yeah. want to be in the what, what is the movie about? Oh, it's about his court case With the stealing things And whether or not um, He was taken out If it was a real It was a murder It was like left up It was left in the air Yeah um, But I think You know with like This Oscar thing If someone said um, Oh it's Yeah Do you cast for it As a cop? If someone said Look I cast a lot in Cape Town. Someone asked me what I do when I'm not doing stand-up. I am involved. I do a lot of television commercial work. Okay. So uh, that involves going to a lot of castings. And I don't want to suggest that I would say no to all and every castings. Some, some, something will come through and I'll be like, what, okay, tell me about this project. Yeah. And then you, you, you back out. Well, I actually turned something down just recently. Um, in the last season, there was – I say turned down. I didn't actually get properly offered it. But when it came through to me, I was like, I'm not really keen, mm-hmm. right? I didn't get the job specifically. but. No. It's like American uh, Discovery Science Crime Channels, for example. So it's like coming for the casting, um, right? They need a white male, forty forty-five. Okay, so oh. that's me, right? Um, like a little bit balding and chubby. Fine, you could oh. be this character. And it's so. What's the role? Oh, you'll be Billy Bob Blanks, the man who killed and raped fourteen uh, prostitutes in Alabama in the. 
the 80s or something, whatever. And okay. I said, that, "Is your going, career gone?" And I said, "Jesus, you know, like at the end of the day, look, it's a, it's one of those reenactment roles. It's not, yeah. it's not a role that's going to make you famous." No, but, but you know, with memes these days, all they need to do is take a screen grab from that and go. Martin Evans finally being himself. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And no. I just thought, like, it wouldn't happen. But you can imagine you're on a holiday one day. You're in America. That's right. You're in the and Florida Everglades. You. <laughs> you know. That's that guy. Because hey, hey, TV's hey. real there. Exactly. Yeah. And I just thought. Okay. Like those soap operas in so, Brazil where, they, where someone kills someone and then no. they, they don't let them into the shops. Because I, I cast. Uh, this is a perfect example of something coming through that was like, would I like to do this? Yes. Do I want to do this character? Yes. What's the dialogue? Uh, right. So I. <laughs> I cast for um, Outlander, right? And I've got to cast for really big international shows. They're always smaller roles they fill the South Africans in with, but that's yes. major, major productions. So when they were filming out, they were getting, like I, I spoke to this guy the other day, and he is a huge black dude from the Congo. He's a driver down in Cape Town, works in the film sets a lot doing that, but he often goes in for castings. And he, we were talking about it. He goes, but he's, I mean, this guy's a massive man, right? So he always plays like, Sort of like a bouncer strong man, yeah. bouncer kind of thug roles. And he was talking about it as well. He had a scene where he was asked, and his character would, would rape this woman. Oh. And there was levels of violence. He, he said, he, no, yeah. no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't go in and even half fake this yes. with a sense of reality to do it. So, I mean, and the roles that I got offered in this other TV show were I was going to be a slave auctioner. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like a repulsive character. Was that in? Was that for Black Sails? No, that was Outlander. Black Sails. I played. Uh, I actually played a racisty guy in Black Sails as well. <laughs> you know, who got a blowjob, but that wasn't. <laughs> How many scenes did you take there? You do. You, you. I saw it. You're sitting on the beach, and the guys come there and they sort of offer you a bribe to keep quiet for something. Yeah, I'm getting a little. I got. I got. I received. So if you shut up for for my, and then um, thank you very much. It was very nice. Uh. And then. Oh. Look at that! Mm, did you come? Lady. I did twice. No. <laughs> no. That's before the cameras were even. Can I tell you the truth? Just I mean, the thought of getting a blowjob. Well, on, it's on the like set. I'm not from like we were mentioning your your Alan committees and Rob Fish, yes. who have studied acting, and there's yeah. a professionalism that is instilled from that training. And I'm not that guy, as in not had that experience. So when I'm doing something, I'm as human as anybody else in the experience. So if someone said. Uh, we're going to do a sex You're trying to just listen to the if director. Says, if someone says we're going to do a sex scene, I'm going to be mortified that I'm involved in this, right? Because when you're acting, are you just showing what you know? Is that like your yeah. cum face you just made? Yeah. Or is that the actor's version of... You know, do what your you, cum face? Uh, <laughs> that was, now, now do your boyfriend? <laughs> I've never seen it. He's facing the other way. Uh, see uh, what I did there? Mark Palmer, hey? No. How's Mark Palmer? Mark Palmer as well. Okay. I saw him in London a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they, they did a festival now. They did something called yes. the Funny Cape Town. Funny Festival does three or four nights in mm. Leicester Square or somewhere. Yeah, the uh, the Cape Town Funny Festival, is that what it's called? Yes. Uh, has an offshoot festival in London. Because uh, I think Turkish Airlines well, there is must one of be, yeah, There must be a lot of expats. You know, you're basically doing an, in a South African show. Sure. So the Leicester Square Theatre is in, in Soho. Okay. Uh, they've used it the last couple of years, and from what it seems like, they had a great series. Of and then whatever stuff. comedians are in the, on, in London kind of get phone calls and get to come through. Yeah, I mean, for la- you. Well, yeah. Last year, Koki Falco had gone down. He's he's based in Manchester, and then okay. Mark Palmer's just outside London as well. So and then Rob Fiennes was also in London for some. He reason. was flying for some reason. I can't actually recall. He was going out to be. He's in London. doing brilliantly. He's just taking this job seriously for 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 a change. Yeah, he's, he's really busy. is. He's really because we've traveled with him. Remember PE. Mm. Um, we we went and did what was it called the Revo- comedy revolution tour. Mm, it was Those a revolution. were good ideas. Yeah, 
But I mean, it was just the audience wasn't there yet. No, they had no idea what to do at stand up. The the one venue you had there, the chick even said, "I'm sorry, man, we didn't know what to do with the posters." So I'm like, "Well, why don't you put them on the walls?" Mm. Ah, oh, is that what they were for? That was literally the conversation you had with that that no. woman. But you know, what I recognise now if it was okay, my own immaturity as well, putting something together oh. and like and, and thinking that someone. Hey, I sent you posters. I couriered you a bunch of posters. Yes. Did you put them up? Yeah. No, we haven't fetched them yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. so that overnight delivery yeah. of posters. Didn't so now you know you, you go the week before and you or two weeks months exactly. before and exactly. you put them up yourself. Exactly. Like okay. what I realized. But you were a production role. You, you played that for quite a while. That, I, that revolution too was a smart idea. I, I did some things that were, I think, good ideas. But I, in practice, I've often, like you say, I don't finish things yeah. properly. I'm not really good at. Sometimes getting everything So completed. that would have been somewhere You are the perfect one For a PA that just Pokes you in the ass In the morning yeah. And say have you done this Have you done this Done this yeah. Not that you're not That you're not capable But mm. it's just a, it's you, The reminder of yeah. Putting me into one project And finishing it so And then what, what was the Deer Park thing So Deer Park uh, For those people Who are listening Who don't know Cape Town Cape Town The City Bowl That small little section Under Table Mountain Has quite a few things Going for it right yeah. There's always There's always comedy And sort of like Somewhere on Long done. Street And we're nearly done. Okay, and, and you look and see what happens over there, and you go like, hang on a minute. They need to do up in the, yes. the suburbs. So we got... So Deer Park's right up there. It's a Deer Park it's right Cafe. Up, yeah, it's right up there. How many people mountain. can it hold? 50? 50 odd seated. Okay. Uh, they put on a lovely stage and so each comedian got their own night. They did no a one No opening man. act? No, they brought an opening act okay. to do a 10, 15 minute introduction, okay. and then went and did their You one could choose hour. your opening act. Yeah. So you had Phil DeLunga, Paul Cowan, Angel Campy... Uh, the, the book detectors was more of a comedy play okay. with Wesley Cockrell and uh, Stuart. <laughs> Did you, you sent me a, a clip of the people laughing at that, and it was just quiet. Well, it's. Do you think people didn't get it? No, it's not that they actually they really enjoyed the show. That is it? it's one of those things is like stand up can work easily. Walk yes. in, people know what it is. Oh. If you're going to present a little play, they had to in shift a restaurant, their minds. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is this is a restaurant, <laughs> and now there's two guys doing a play. Martin Evans, our hour is up. Fantastic. This has been the Just Now Comedy Podcast. I'm Dave Levinson. Sorry about Eric not being here. Eric found himself a real job. Oh, Brandon good. didn't. But um, well thanks. done, Eric. Well done. Good thanks. For you. Download download the app, and we'll be back next Friday. But enjoy these comedy festivals. There's you. lots to do. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, Martin. This is cliffcentral.com.